Hey guys, welcome back to Reclaim Victory Podcast, where we reclaim the victory we have through Christ. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I recommend you go do that, like always, because this one bounces off that, and it'll be the last episode, uh, having to do with Matthew 22, 38 through 39, um, at least for now. Um, I'm sure later on we may touch on it again, but for now, this is the last one in that. Um, today's episode is about who are they? And what I mean by that is the people other than yourself, your neighbors. Who are your neighbors? Because as Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine says, to love your neighbors as yourself. So what it means by neighbors here is it's just literally anyone and everyone. Not just the select few that you want to love because they're easy to love. It means love the ones that you enjoy loving while also making the choice to love the ones that you don't. The ones that you would consider your enemies, whether that be those with different beliefs or ideals or just anything that is against whatever you consider to be true. Why should this be the case, though? Like, why should we love others? Aside from the fact that Jesus specifically gave us this commandment, 1 Thessalonians 3.12 puts it very clearly and says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you. So going in order of what it says here. First, we love one another. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ. For when we do this, a few things happen. Firstly, when we love our brothers and sisters, it sets us apart from others. It allows us to be an example for others in a way that they don't necessarily always see. But how does it do this? When we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, even when we disagree on some things, even when there are people who may do things that we don't think are right, even when there may be turmoil or heartbreak or it just seems like everything is at the lowest it could possibly be, it shows to others that we are family, that we truly, really love one another in a world of selfish desires and foolish hatred. This shows others that there's a way that, even with our differences, we can still live a selfless life of love, living our lives to help others, putting others' needs before ourselves. Even as John 13, 35 said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Man, today, do you think that happens? As a Christian body, are we actually loving one another? Or are our conversations full of hatred and slander and words that do not edify someone but tear them down and degrade them? Does this show the love Christ wanted us to have for one another? Instead, aren't we supposed to be, as 2 Timothy 2, 23-24 says, Don't have anything to do with stupid or foolish arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. This doesn't just apply to us brothers and sisters in Christ. It applies to how we should treat everyone. As Christians, we are not supposed to fight with one another. There should be no anger or hatred or fighting, only love. And this is how we are supposed to treat other people as well. With love, not hate with sound and kind teaching, not arguments. Second, 
What loving our brothers and sisters does is it edifies and lifts each other up in a world that seems as if everywhere we turn, it's trying to bring us down. This is needed to keep the body strong, to make sure that we don't fall, and to help each other up if and when we do fall. As 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as you are doing. See, here Paul is writing to Thessalonica, and the Christians there are facing persecution, and there are also many newer converts to Christianity. Paul is encouraging them to keep doing as they are doing because he knew the power of edification and uplifting one another, whether that be during hard times or not. We are to continue as they did and lift one another up so that we are less prone to falling into the trap of the devil, while at the same time it's used as a way to pull those who have fallen back up and to help them walk along with us on this journey Christ has set before us. Why do you think, as Christians, we listen to uplifting music all the time? We listen to music that reminds us of who God is, of what he's done, and of just praising him for it. It's because it builds up inside of us this courage, this affirmment of who we are in Christ, and this knowledge that we're not alone. We've got somebody there to help us up when we need to be helped up. So what's next? See, we must love everyone else as well. Not just our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but also those who aren't in the body of Christ. We shouldn't bash them and yell at them and say, you must follow these rules and do these things. Christ didn't do that, did he? What Christ did was he taught them. He taught in parables and stories, ways that the people would be able to understand. He went around loving on them and saving them, such as the adulteress who was about to be stoned by the Pharisees and scribes. He went to be with the outcasts of society, the ones that the religious people, the ones that were supposed to be perfect, refused to acknowledge, or looked down upon, or hated. And he helped them. He healed them. He loved them with the love that only he can give us. On top of that, doesn't Jesus call us to do as he did? In John 14, 12, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me shall do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Yes, I know this is talking about his miraculous works, healing the sick, raising the dead, turning water to wine, reading the mind of the woman at the well. But hear me out on this for a second. Most of the people Christ healed, yes, were healed by their faith, but weren't the majority of them the outcasts of society? Weren't the majority of them the ones that no one else wanted to have anything to do with? Weren't the majority of them the ones that everybody looked down upon because they had a disease, because of their job, because of something they did in the past? See, if Christ did these things for others, then so should we. 
if he called tax collectors and fishermen and people that were looked down upon on to be his disciples, then shouldn't we try even harder to instead of bashing people who don't believe, instead of hating on them, instead of looking down on them, just as the Pharisees did. The Pharisees who, by the way, Christ reprimanded and made clear to them that they were sinners too. They weren't perfect as they thought they were or made out to be. Shouldn't we love them and serve them and show them who Christ is instead of saying all the reasons they are sinning, instead of looking down on them for something they've done that we probably did somewhere in our past too? But have you ever asked yourself why so many people are turning away from Christianity? Like, there has to be a reason, doesn't there? Maybe it starts off with first impressions. How do we come across when a non-Christian comes up to us and starts talking to us? Do we come across as more holy than thou? Because I think a lot of us come across that way, in a way of, I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell way, in a dude, you're sinning and I'm sinless way. But that isn't how it's supposed to be. Did Jesus go around as if he was king? As if he was the most perfect person in the world? No. He went around correcting the religious people who were doing just that. Correcting the ones who did have a holier-than-thou mentality. He knew that everyone has sinned. And that's the kicker about this. As Christians, we were once slaves to sin. We were once in the clutches of death and bound to sin, yet so many of those Christians end up being the ones to say that they are perfect. Well, if you want the truth, then you aren't perfect. The Pharisees, the most religious people of the day, weren't perfect. They all dropped their stones when Christ said, any of you who are blameless, any of you who are sinless, cast the first stone. And what did they all do? They dropped them. Not one of them were sinless. Not one of them has lived a perfect life. We all sin. So why should we go around judging others for the sin when we still haven't even taken the log out of our own eye? I'm not trying to bash people, but... I am trying to open our eyes to the fact that no one is perfect. We need to love everyone and not just ourselves and what God can do for us. We don't, why don't we love our neighbor as God intended us to and live a selfless life of mercy and helpfulness? A selfless life of putting other people before ourselves, as it says in 1 Corinthians 10.24, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I'll say it this way, let no one seek the selfish desires, but let selfless desires overcome you with God's love for others. Guys, let this be a wake-up call that we need to go out and do as Christ did, to love others, our brothers and sisters, and the rest of the world. Let this be used to remind us that we aren't on this world to just love ourselves but to love everyone and to lead them to Christ with our actions and to share the good news of the gospel. Remember to hold tight to the truths of the word and to live in the ways that he intended us to. 
in the ways of his agape kind of love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this amazing day, this beautiful New Year's Eve that you've given us, the day before a new year, the day before we can make the choice to live a whole year for you, to love everyone for a whole year and beyond that. Lord, we thank you for all of creation, for the trees and the skies and the birds and the animals, Lord, the things that point us directly to you, Father. We thank you for sending your son to die for us because without that, we wouldn't be here. Without that, we'd still be in the chains of sin. Lord, allow us this week to just remember back to this episode of who we should love. And allow us to remember it's not just ourselves. It's not just our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's everyone. It's everyone. Because that's what you did, Father. And Lord, we pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Um, episode 5 yeah, up to five now, will be up Wednesday. I'll make sure to get it out on time this time. Um, but thank you again for listening. And again, if you haven't listened to the first th three episodes, then I recommend you go ahead and go do that. And also, letting you guys know, we now have social media out. We've got Instagram. You can find us at Reclaim Victory Podcast. <clears throat> We've got Facebook, again, at Reclaim Victory Podcast. And if you want, whoever uses it, We've got Tumblr at Reclaim Victory Podcast. Apparently nobody else decided to use that name, so that's great. Also, if you'd like to donate, we do have a donate button on here where you can donate either $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Um, doesn't have to be a lot. Or we've got Patreon at Reclaim Victory Podcast where you can donate however much you like a month. And eventually we will have out some t-shirts. Um, give us some feedback if you like some t-shirts or not. But just let us know. Thank you guys for listening. And so you know, any donation that you give, any money made from this podcast, will go to help keep this podcast going, as well as going to helping other people, whether that be uh, helping shelter the homeless, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, providing for children in other countries, any way that it can help you. God bless. Have a great day. And remember... Jesus loves you.